There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right, welcome back to the Dr. Light Show. My name is Josh here with Jim Price. Jim, how are we doing today? How was your weekend, man? I'm doing good. That was a great weekend. Uh, not too bad. Uh, we do uh, we do understand that uh, the people in Mississippi are struggling. Uh, a friend of ours, actually, their parents' house got hit directly, but everything mm-hmm. else is everybody survived, and there are some other injuries and stuff. But, uh, no, they got the Cajun Army there, and things are doing good. But I've been good. Sir, how was your weekend with your... Did you guys get snow this weekend? No, no. It was actually uh, quite pleasant. I think it was above 40 uh, at what? some point in time. Yeah, it was weird. It was like 40. I'm like, whoa, shorts and T-shirt. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> you forget You forget how your body acclimates that. Isn't it amazing that, you know, I, li- I lived in Arizona and, and uh, you know, you peep me. People are like, I love Arizona. I'm like, so what do you do there? Oh, I just, you know. And I'm like, what do you mean you know? Like, do you go camping? <laughs> you ride dirt bikes? You well, I uh, sit on my back porch with a Mr. System. I'm like, so you don't go outside. So your world is 72 degrees when it's 118 outside. Like, I get it. And But like you say in there, you're like, you're thinking of shorts and flip-flops at 40 because your body acclimated to that high around 30, around, you know, 28 degrees day after day. And so your body acclimates. Mm-hmm. And uh, your body is so amazing. But when you go outside and you've been in your 72-degree house – for the last 28 days straight, and you walk out, and it's 30 degrees. You're like, oh, it's so cold. I'm going to die. You're not going to die. <laughs> You're not going to die, but but it definitely is cold. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. But it's, um, uh, but it's all a matter of uh, that, uh, that preference. Well, perception. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Is that when you're going from cold and it warms up to 40 degrees, you're like, whoa, it's so warm. And when you're going from right. 70 into 40, you're like, it's freezing, man. For reason. Yeah, I can't do this, man. It's so cold. Yeah, I've been I've been in shorts the last four or five days here, um, and it's been nice, you know, getting the old legs out, suns out, guns out, kind of deal, you know. No, I'm not that kind of guy. I can't do the sleeveless thing. I'm just never that guy. Are you a sleeveless guy? Are you a sleeveless guy? Come on, Josh, uh, tell me. Are at you the a gym? S- at the gym when I'm in shape. When I'm in shape and I got and I got some I got some guns to show off at the show. You got show. some contour in the arms, you know. Yeah, yeah. I get it. No, I just wondered. Some guys are you know big on tearing the old sleeves off, and I just was never that. Uh, was never that guy. Hey, did you hear that uh, Silicon Valley Bank has got a suitor, uh, First Citizens Bank? Wow, these are all really neat name, uh, bank names. First Citizen Bank is going to go ahead and announce a deal on Sunday. Uh, or they did on Sunday, that they're going to buy up Silicon Valley Bank. Now, get this. The number 15 bank got – or 16th bank, the lar- uh, the nation's largest – 16th largest bank got bought up by the um, the 30, 30th largest bank. That makes mm-hmm. sense, doesn't it? So number 30 buys up number 16. Now, why would you want to buy a bank that's fully defaulted and well, unless you're going to do like a Kmart and Builder Square where Kmart – Dumped all their debt onto Builder Square and then crushed Builder Square to Kmart to get another 20 years of life. Uh, is that what we're going to see here? First Citizen's going to dump their balance sheet, negative stuff over there and go, oh, we sure tried to help you guys, but <laughs> we couldn't. Sorry, your luck. 
I mean, is that what we're doing? We're doing transference of debt. You think that's what's happening here? Uh, probably. It's 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 consolidation of the banking assets, man. And you know, people need to be concerned about this. And I don't want to scare people, but I'm probably going to when I say this. Is that in Africa over the weekend? There's a massive banking crisis. Banks mm-hmm. are turning people away and will not let them touch their money. ATMs are not working. People are lining up outside of their banks, and only the rich mm-hmm. are able to walk away with their money. Nobody else. We have, we have CNN and Fox News all going out there doing segments on de-dollarization. de-dollarization Boy, they're pushing being, the CBDC, huh? Yeah, de-dollarization being the move from the dollar as the global reserve currency, which, by the way, it, it's already done. Uh, as of today, Russia and China and the other BRICS nations are utilizing the Chinese digital Wong as uh, that, that right now. So it, it's already happened. Um, it, it, the, the nail is in the coffin. People are, have just yet to recognize it. And I mean, the, dead, the head is dead, but the body, the heart won't quit pumping, right? So the belief right. in the – okay, this is what belief does, folks. You want a definition of why it is we're still in the system we're in and why things are the way they are? You st- there's still people believing in the dollar, but the dollar is gone. That's, that's, that's the power of belief. That's the power of your energy, what you can do with it. You can make an imaginary dollar worth something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you, because we're all in this together. But that's what it, I mean. That's the greatest analogy, isn't it? And in reality, we are just we believe in the dollar so much. That's what we it is. Believe in the dollar so much. Well, no, I think that we've been so accustomed to the dollar uh, for the mm. last you know forty, fifty years. Uh, but from this, you know, yield uh, futures, yields, and bank stocks have stormed higher, higher. I, I know it's counterintuitive, people, yeah, right. but the U.S. equity index futures stormed higher to start the week as concerns about the banking crisis faded on the announcement that you just made, first citizen buying Silicon Valley. Um, th- this is far from over. You got to remember, this is a banking consolidation. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see more of these banks begin to tumble throughout the next few months. Um, scary time to have your money in a bank, isn't it, Jim? Yeah. Well, um, you know, this again, the, the thing is, guys, is that we're we're going to be amazing as long as we we know that we believe we're going to be amazing. We're going to do amazing things. Uh, if you want to say it's all going to we're all going to die, then that's where I mean, it's all in belief. I mean, I'm showing you what the belief in the dollar can do for the dollar. Right. But your belief in an amazing future. Remember, even if you go back and look through Project Looking Glass, you go back to the CERN's uh, CERN. Uh, the her, oh, uh, his boson theory here, huh? Yeah, uh, 2012. The whole release of information, the whole movement of everything, going from the dark ages to the light ages, the age of Aquarius. I mean, there's. I'm piling them all on. I'm putting them all on the cart here, folks. And in reality, we know all these things are t- you know amazing. We know all these things are true out there. That all this stuff is happening. We have the ability to be great, but. How long do you want to suffer? Okay? And then that's, that's a legitimate question. Everybody's like, no, I don't want to suffer at all. Then stop believing in their junk. Quit, quit putting faith in them. And, and the parallel economy stuff, I mean, I don't know. This is, I think that's probably one of the greatest things is create the parallel economy in your world the best way you know how. 
and it has nothing to do with going to the big box Chinese outlet. Oh, we need to write that one down. Big box Chinese outlet, because that's what Lowe's sells, that's what Home Depot sells, that's what Walmart sells, is big box junk from mm-hmm. China. Like I said last week, when's the last time you you know you, uh, you pulled something out of a box that said made in China, and you're like, the quality of this product is so superior, I'll pass this down for generations to come. Nobody says that. Everybody's like, this thing's junk. Well, it's from China. What else do you expect? But yet you go back and buy it again. So stop. Stop buying the junk, right? <laughs> we could do better than this. I'm just amazed that's at how much po- energy you actually have on a Monday morning. It, 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 oh, yeah. It's it's quite amazing to to, to get online <laughs> with you and, and to hear Jim just like completely pumped up and ready to go. And it's like, like whoa, dude, how, how are you? How are you doing that? I I believe in us, man. I believe in us. Yeah, I really do. I believe it. I think we're amazing. I think we got all the greatest, and that's why. I think you guys are worth it. And I'm going to tell you what. If I, I – guys, I'm under attack. I know Josh has got his, his, his variations of his attacks and things he has to go through, and people come after him for things. But when I went through my stuff in 2016, I'm just telling you guys, you can live through this. You can, it's okay. But I'm still being attacked today. I'm still – things are still coming my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm still out here telling you, listen, I'm being, while I'm being attacked, fight for yourself, and you can do it. And that's what motivates me. That's what gets me up in the morning, trying to help you guys, being well, the best we can be every day. And I'm I live, sure, I I'm live sure this. they all appreciate that, nah. and we all appreciate that, Jim. <laughs> You're just not feeling it today. <laughs> no, no, I feel it every day. And, and you know – is somebody having a case of the Mondays? Oh, sorry. I had to do that for you. <laughs> it's not necessarily a case of the Mondays. It's, it's that I'm looking at what's happening in the world. I'm looking at the financial crisis that's brewing. And people are like, got to go get my Starbucks. Got to go and, you know, go to the movies in the weekend. I got to go, you know, and I don't say, and I'm not saying, like, get rid of normal life. But prepare. Like, I'm at the grocery store, and I'm watching people buy groceries, and people are, you know, getting their average groceries with no excess. I'm, I'm watching people live their, their regular, ordinary lives, and nobody's taking the threats of what's happening in our society serious. Nobody is paying attention to anything that is going on. The average American is not. H- have you heard of the Restrict Act, Senate Mm-mm. Bill 686? Hmm. Okay. So they're trying to ban TikTok, right? Right, right. And the way they're doing this is through something called the Restrict Act. Okay? Okay. The Restrict Act, if it gets passed, we will lose almost all the privacy we have. Any software, hardware, or any product or service integral to the telecommunications products and services um, will be monitored. So basically, what this means, the Restrict Act, goes in there, and it makes it illegal, illegal for you to utilize social media – for basically anything that you're using. So propaganda, disinformation, all this stuff, all the information that they're claiming, that the government claims that you're doing on there, now becomes mm-hmm. illegal. This is what the Restrict Act is all about, okay? It's basically wow. responsible using of the internet and information. Th- this is what people need to know, mm-hmm. is that the government should never be in the business of truth. Okay? True. The government should not be the bearer, the, the determiner of any level of truth. They mm-hmm. should be the people who protect the rights that derive truth. Right. 
Absolutely. All right. We'll be back with more Dr. Light Show. We have to this. Bye. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skin care, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back to the Dark Delight Show. Yeah. And you know, Jim, sir, it's, it's just getting to be that time where we have to take seriously what is happening in the world, right? Right. Yeah. We got the we got the Pennsylvania or the the PA water spill. Philadelphia residents on Sunday were advised oh to goodness. drink bottled water after a chemicals after chemicals were released in the Delaware River in a neighboring county. Um, they said that there was a latex product uh, that a spill that occurred. So that's fine. At least they told us what latex product that was. What if I'm allergic? What if I'm allergic, Josh? What, what if I have an allergy to latex? Um, but I don't know what kind of latex it is, so obviously, you know, that's fine. And then they, they had the idea that the Philadelphia water has a blue check mark. Uh, they, this is their we're responding to a spill of latex product that occurred along a Delaware t- River tributary. More information will be provided as it becomes available. Well, that's nice. Well, you know, there just seems to be an odd number of uh, train derailments. 
that are spilling hazardous chemicals all over God's green earth. How come they're not just doing like big buckets of freedom? How come, how come the train car with the big buckets of freedom is it just spilling everywhere? It's always got to be some toxic chemical from World War One that was a nerve gas or something that I don't understand that. Why do why can't we have the cool stuff spill out like gold bars or um, <laughs> I'm trying to think I'm trying to be optimistic? Here. Well, I, I understand you're trying to be an optimistic, but think about this for a minute. Is we have what is the number? It's like uh, t- over eighteen hundred train derailments a year. Okay, so and the last ones in the first three months, we've had four of them that have spilled dangerous toxic chemicals in various different natural habitat environments, water, aquifers, rivers. Like, at what point does the government step in and say, hey, uh, we we need to halt (laughs) the transfer of dangerous chemicals through the railway for just a little while until we can fix this problem? Well, but you got to see the Peter Buttigieg, the whistleblower on the Department of uh, Transportation. Did you hear about the whistleblower that came out? They, they're showing the video of that, that he legitimately didn't go to Ohio because of the Republican leaning. Like he he purposely withheld services there. Like that's a that's a legitimate that's a that's an in in house. This is the bureaucracy, guys. When we talk about bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. This is when we were like, there's, you know, our government should be doing better. You know, it's just, you know, all the laws are set up to do the right thing. But the problem is, is that when that one person puts his one degree of difference on it, and the next person puts their one degree of difference on it, and the next person put, and then a hundred times, that's a hundred degrees away from wherever you started. And that's how it works. It's those little bitty touches where someone speeds up or slows down paperwork according to the, how they feel about the topic or the people of that area. That's bureaucracy in its definition. That's well, why yeah. you see things ebb and flow. Well, yeah, and, and Pete butt plug plug, uh, that's what I call him, but Pete butt plug plug, <laughs> basically he was saying that he is not going to support, respond, or finance anything that has to do with red counties. And that was the main reason. So this is what was coming out wow. through this whistleblower, is that's the reason why he was not going to East Palestine. Um, well, this needs to end like this whole listen this is about america this is about restoring america mm-hmm. to its beauty to its glory and obviously the administration and the bureaucracy that is in place right now is not going to do that and i'm just you know it, it frustrates me so much jim i was right. watching this uh this old video on the uh senate hearing i think it was back in the 1990s senate hearing on militias um, and how they wanted to label various different unorganized militias as domestic terrorist organizations. And now, for people out there who are not familiar with how the militias operate, is you cannot have a private militia. Those are basically illegal in every state. But you can have what's known as an unorganized militia. Um, unorganized mm. militia can only be called to action by the state, but it is the right of the people to form militias and keep and bear arms, those types of things. Um and back in the 1990s, they, they, there was a big threat that uh, against the federal government because the militias were on the rise. Well, guess what? They're on the rise again. And people are <sighs> angry. People are mad. People are sick and tired of being taxed. Joe Biden is creating, what, 17 or what is it, $1.7 trillion of new taxes after he told people, I'm not going to create any new taxes. 
Oh, and it's going to affect the, the little guys fastest. I mean, absolutely going to affect well, them. Yeah, because you know, here's the problem: is they well, we need to raise taxes on billionaires. We need to we need to make a mandatory twenty five percent billionaire tax. Right. Do do the average American not understand that billionaires don't have income? That, that billionaires <laughs> yeah. don't like. I made a billion dollars this year. I might as well pay my twenty five percent tax. It doesn't work that way. All this yep. money is laid up in investments. In, in various different types it's of perceived value, perceived yeah, it's perceived value. value. It's not dollars in bank. Dude's right? not he cashing out. To, <laughs> he didn't get a you W two. Elon like, Musk. Elon Musk actually last year cashed out eleven billion dollars, and you know what he did? He paid taxes on it. He paid more taxes than any American in history on that money. And so billionaires right. do pay their share, fair share of taxes. But the thing is, is People think like, oh, man, that, that dude's worth $100 billion, man. He needs to pay his fair share of taxes. It, that billion dollars is in stock. It's in real estate. It, it's uh-huh. in businesses. Like people yep. have no conception. They're like, man, he's holding $11 billion in Wells Fargo bank That's account. He needs to pay money the, on that. The stock buybacks, when they take their income and they say, no, give it to me in stocks, that's called stock buyback. When he's buying stocks off the open market and putting in his portfolio, he didn't quote unquote get any money, but he gained 100,000 stocks in his own company or whatever it is, right? So the problem is, is people don't realize a lot of these CEOs and a lot of these owners will say, don't give me a paycheck, but get go out on the open market and buy me back. The company will then go buy those stocks. And then that's a company expense, so the company doesn't pay taxes on it to go buy those stocks because they're buying an asset, right? And then they're bringing it in, they're putting it in his portfolio, and then he doesn't pay tax on it as income. I mean, and the small. Here, let me give you guys. Here's the greatest taxes that nobody wants to pay attention to: gasoline tax. Gasoline is never an incentive to lower. Why? Because the state and the federal government make all those DOT taxes are percentages per gallon. So if you're selling a gasoline at a dollar, well, they only get a percentages of uh, off a dollar, right? So let's say thirty percent. I think it's like I think it's like sixty percent or fifty percent of all gasoline costs are tax at the pump, not all the taxes to get it to you. So let me think of it this way: so if you're selling a gallon of gas for a dollar, well, they're only getting fifty cents. But if you're selling gallons of gas for three dollars. They're getting a dollar fifty. So why would the government be incentivized to, to lower gas prices to give you a better uh, economy that way? Why would they do that? It's less money to them. So what was the first thing that happened under Joe? There goes gas prices right up through the roof, right? Because it's the best way to tech to get tax dollars flowing in without you even paying attention to it. And everybody's hit by it: the rich, the poor, the delivery companies. Everybody's buying fuel. And so you don't pay attention to those things. Propane is fuel. They tax it in the same way. You know, all the stuff like that you think of is like, oh, that's not fuel related. Absolutely it is. The only thing that doesn't have quote unquote highway tax, which is still taxed, is off road diesel. And then they color it so, so that way you Do you know what's right. interesting? There's there's a great video out there on um, uh, how the dollar is taxed if you just had one dollar. Okay? Mm-hmm. Eighty four mm-hmm. cents of every dollar goes to tax. Absolutely. If you look at, I think it's actually greater than that. I think it's well. If you look at income tax, FICA, Social Security, and then when you get it, you go fill up your tank of gas. You pay. uh, You go in and you buy food. If you look at all the various taxes that are attributed to the cost of one dollar, eighty-four cents is going to pay taxes. 
It might not seem that way, but when you start adding it up, it absolutely is. And this is the thing is people want to believe that the American Revolution was fought over taxation without representation. You, you remember that little, that little ta- tall tale they told you in, in school, Jim? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, taxation, no taxation without representation? Right. But did you know that in the Declaration of Independence, there's 27 grievances listed, not just taxation mm-hmm. without representation? Right. Uh, due process of law, um, you know, the ability to not be secure within your home, harboring soldiers during non-war time, all these different things that the king did. Well, here's the thing. Is taxation was a big part of it. And when our founding fathers started this country, after they won the American Revolution, they had varying different opinions on taxes. They knew that taxes would have to come at some extent. And so what mm-hmm. they did is they set up a tariff system, a system to where imports and exports are taxed and that corporations and companies and governments who were importing things to our country would have to basically pay and that's how the government would become profitable. That is only the only way that the government can ever drive an income, okay? And through mm-hmm. interstate commerce. The problem, uh, Thomas Jefferson, he went to France after uh, the creation of the United States of America, I think in like the 1780s, 1789 to 1794, something like that. He, he went to France and he, and he observed their taxation systems. Okay? We'll talk about this when right. we come back. We'll be right back. All right. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. And I was just there talking about Tom Jefferson. You know, we don't call him Tom. That Old much Tom. Anymore, yeah. <laughs> Old Tom. <laughs> but I, let me see if I can find this. There it is. All right. Th- this is from Thomas Jefferson. 1784, this is papers 7 through 558 to James Madison. The simplest system of taxation yet adopted is that of levying on the land and on the laborer. But it would be better to levy the same sums on the produce of that labor when collected in the barn of the farmer. Because even though the badness of the year he made little, he would pay little. It would be better yet to levy it only on the surplus of this produce above his own wants. It would be better, too, to levy it not in his hands, but in those of the purchaser, because though the farmer would in fact pay it, as the purchaser must deduct it from the original price of his produce, yet the farmer would not be sensible that he paid it. What a comfort to the farmer to be allowed to supply his own wants before he should be liable to pay anything and then to pay only out of his surplus. So consumption tax. Consumption so, tax, right? Well, hold on. So what, what Thomas Jefferson's saying here is that we should be able to live and that anything in excess from our bills and from our savings accounts and retirement accounts, that's what should actually be taxable. That's the taxable amount. This is what income. This is what income was originally defined as, as profits and gains from transactions, from business transactions. 
I mean, he goes on. There's, there's more here. But it's a novel idea that this country is definitely lost. And, and I'll, I'll get into more here, but let's go to the lines. Dan, how are we doing today? Great. How are you doing? Good. Hey, uh, I was listening. You mentioned Social Security and the taxes. And I tried to text you, but I guess it's a landline anyway. Um, you know, Social Security, I paid in since I was 16. I'm 68 now. I still pay it into it here and there. And and that's a that's a fund that is supposed to be an insurance for for retirement and for and for disability. And and I'll tell you, I've seen both sides. I've seen serious abuse of it by people who had no business getting that money. I I, I own rental properties in low low income areas, and I I brought those neighborhoods up uh, actually. But um, my point is, I also know people who seriously needed those benefits mm-hmm. and were denied it over and over again. And without getting lawyers involved, <laughs> it was insane. Anyway, but also, you know, the government is so... I've been to my local county legislator meetings, and I told those people, they're like a crackhead who stole their mother's purse. They're just insatiable. <laughs> You're right. And government should have no other function than administration, and and everything else should be contracted out to privatization. So I'll, I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say unless you want, I, want to ask me a question. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks. And you're right. Here's the thing. Government is a racket. That's the truth. Government is a racket. It is a power and money-making scheme to usurp your rights and your freedoms and embezzle away your wealth. That's all it is. And I don't mean to be anti-establishment, but I am. And ever since FDR passed the New Deal and all of these various different programs went into place, like the Social Security Administration, this has been nothing more to basically put us into a state of involuntary servitude. Because Mm -hmm. what are you doing each month? You are paying into a system which is not going to do anything for your retirement. But yet there are people out there that need it, which means that you are being forced and coerced to pay into the system. And right. I, I'm, I'm frankly done with it. I mean, taxes, ugh, nope, too high these days. Well, remember, it's like, it's like the mafia. Remember, as long as you pay in, you're safe. If you don't pay in, we'll come and take your stuff and kill you. I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but that's seriously what they'll destroy your life for, what, a couple thousand dollars? I mean, but yet uh, Fran- Al Franken or whatever his name is or one of those guys owes $25 million to the government and he was holding hands in hand with Biden on a, a march just 20 days ago? I mean, how is it that the guy who owns, owes the IRS 20, 20-some million dollars, known to the public, to the IRS, is out there holding hands with the president in a, in a march, but yet, you know, if you or I miss a 1000 bucks on our tax return, according to their calculations and unknown factors, and then fines, they'll just snatch it out of your bank account, or they'll seize your property. That's mafia stuff. That's not that, – there's how is that – how is that you know, giving you a chance to, to redress your grievance with you know, a, an, an individual that you can face your accuser? Well, your accuser is an unknown entity. I have – there's, uh, what, $12,000 of mine tied up in the Philadelphia IRS office, and I've gone to my local IRS office. I've had sit-down meetings. I'm like, hey, can I get this resolved? This is from, uh, what, 12 years ago? They're like, well, until, until they finish doing their work on it, there's nothing we can do. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? This is my money. But if this was their money, they'd have been snatching that out of my account in a minute, right? But it's just still sitting out there. Nobody wants to resolve it. And, nobody, and they haven't even sent me updates on it. Unless I keep it alive, I'll never get that money. Hmm. That's the that's the mafia stuff right there. Well, when your balance sheet doesn't really work, right? Well, exactly, and the balance sheet doesn't work. Now, let's listen to what else Tom Jefferson said about here. He said, taxes, which we are familiar class themselves readily accordingly to the basis as which they rest, capital, income, consumption. These may be considered as commensurate, consumption being generally equal to income, and income, the annual profit of capital. A government may select either of these bases for the establishment of this of its system of taxation and so frame it as to reach the faculties of each member of society <clears throat> and the draw from him is equal proportion of the public contributions and if this is correctly obtained it is a perfection of the function of taxation but when once a government has assumed its basis to select and tax special articles from either of the other classes it's double taxation for example, if the system is be established on the basis of income and his just proportion on that scale has been already drawn from every one to step into the field of consumption and tax special articles in that as broadcloth, homespun, wine, whiskey, a coach, a wagon is double taxing of the same article for that proportion of income with which these articles are purchased having already paid its taxes income to pay another tax on that thing it purchased is paying twice for the same thing it is an grievance on the citizens who use these articles in exoneration of those who do not contrary to the most sacred of the duties of a government to do equal and impartial justice to all citizens well that just explained the united states of america to a t didn't it that's why you feel dirty. That's why you f- – I mean because inherently you know inside something's wrong. You know there's something wrong. You're not, you're not making it up. But the problem is, is to articulate that, right, to be able to put it in sound words that you don't have someone go like, oh, you're just crazy, man. You just don't want to pay your taxes. Just do your part. And you get that guy, right? So the problem is, is that in reality, what, when you want to articulate it, it's been well written out. We just don't know it. We don't practice it. Like knowing the Constitution – I mean that's one thing I, I just tell everybody over and over again. Learn the Constitution. Then you can articulate or defend yourself better. The more you read, the more you know, the better you are at it. And they can't push you around. It's like the whole idea of the whole stop and show me your papers thing. We've turned our policy officers in. Well, I pulled you over. Give me your paperwork. Why? Can you articulate a crime? I don't have to. I'm the law. There's the problem right there because the, we even have law enforcement – or policy officers that don't know their job. And if we don't know how to articulate it, then how can we defend against it? We are in scary times, my friend. Scary times. Mm -hmm. Well, we stand up and we're all done. I mean, what do we call it? uh, uh, Is it an embargo? What's an embargo? Is an embargo like when when you stop the flow of something, or is that when I don't want to give up my something? Yeah, an embargo What's is the- a forceful stop sh- stoppature, a government order prohibiting the movement of merchant ships into or out of its ports. Well, how about we, 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 we the people, seeing as how we the people are the government, we say, well, we're not going to move our <clears throat> currency over to you anymore. We're going to embargo our currency. We're going to stop letting you have our currency. What would do that? I mean, if you stop feeding the beast, doesn't the beast get uh, – I guess it would get hungry. But you then you have to figure out what the what side the policies officers are on, or if they're willing to come after you. Mm. Well, I think and that if you tried look- to do that, Jim, I think if you tried to do that, 
you're probably going to have some problems. <laughs> right. That's why I, I said is we just got to go out there and, and say, hey, look, this, this is our list of demands. This is not negotiable. Um, either get this done by July 4th, 2023, or we're pulling all of our money out of all the banks and we're uh, pulling our support from the system. We're no longer paying taxes. Why don't we just do it? Why don't we just do it? Doesn't even plan on it. Just do it. Let's do it. All right, we'll be back with the Light Show after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Well, that breaking news right there, Jim. Active shooter event taking place with multiple casualties reported inside the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. So sad. Three kids confirmed dead, including the shooter. Um, We don't have a, a gun problem in this country. We have a mental health problem in this country. Yep. Well, and then when they show that is what is it eighty percent of all mass shooters, which is anything over like a single person or a single individual, um, that causes that to go to a mass shooting elevation. They're all on antidepressants. Antidepressant. They've actually shown that the people that have antidepressants are mood stabilizers, which they're not antidepressants. They don't not make you not depressed. They stabilize your mood, so you can overcome whatever it is that you're dealing with. 
the sad part of it is is that they're showing these this huge increase, but they're very suggestible, mm-hmm. meaning that they can be uh, manipulated through uh, mere suggestion through music, uh, colors, or um, media. And so you'll find that a lot of these people were on a path of destruction, and then they went on antidepressants, and it just accelerated. What's and then what is the, the number one side effect on all these is suicide or har- uh, threats uh, threats of harm to others. That's like the number one side effect of all these antidepressants. People race right past that idea, and I don't understand that. I mean, I'm not discounting. I I, I am I am I am very sorry that this happens in our country, and I cannot believe that we. You know, do not address what's really going on when we need to reach out to each other. And the people that get victimized because of this, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for them. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. But we've got to address the mental issue. And then also the single family, the single mother uh, effect in this thing as well. Uh, we've got to address that. Uh, these are the one things on the wall that we don't want to talk about. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And listen, the I, I've noticed – that since our society has had an abundantly in, uh, increased amount of information pumped into the minds of human beings, and this is the last 10 to 15 years, right? The, the level of information dissemination has increased drastically with, you know, handheld technologies and computers in your hand and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. that the rate of mental illness has also been exasperated. Oh, yeah. Well, and we're not – okay. What do need human – okay, COVID, what did it teach us? Come together. They showed us the run, run – uh, in, in, in April – okay, remember this? March, uh, three years ago, we, we shut everything down, right? Because we're going to flatten the curve for two weeks. So we shut everything down in April. We got rid of spring break and all the other stuff. And then in April, we had more suicides in April three years ago than we have in a regular calendar year. Why? Because you took away hope from everybody. You took away the reason to live, why there would be a tomorrow. And that's how fragile the human, that how, we, how fragile we have become because we don't have each other to lean on. And what did it create? A lot of the things that I saw with Charlie in his decline was his he was lonely because I could not interact with him. Marge was in another facility. I could not engage him. I couldn't move him around because everything was on lockdown. Everything was on pause. Nobody was working, and nobody would engage with him. The only thing that was happening was they'd bring him his meal and leave. They wouldn't talk to him. And so I saw the mental breakdown with him. But what has a society done? Get behind a computer screen. Get behind your PlayStation. Get behind your Xbox. Get behind this. Don't go out and do contact sports. Don't go out and get engaged in all these things. And we did that for how long? For that entire summer, we're telling everybody, stay home, stay home, stay home. And people were killing themselves because they they weren't they felt like there was nothing worth living for. And this is really a bad situation where we're missing the real real crisis here. Is the individual who who actually is desperately alone? Well, yes, it's. The loneliness aspect of it, but I think there's also some other underlining factors is the way information is manipulated can produce a a mass psychosis. And if we understand how the algorithms on social media channels actually operate, um, they're meant to produce emotional overdrive within a human being. That's the whole mm-hmm. point is they want to click to action. They want you to click on something, to purchase it, to buy it, to conform to it, to accept it, to to align with it or something of that nature, right? And so information and content is delivered in this methodology to target specifically people who have 
unstable emotions. And when you do that over and over and over again, people eventually crack. And if it's if if they're being targeted, let's say with a political or some type of radicalized agenda, mm-hmm. they eventually will crack in light of that extremism. Yeah, they will. And the sad part of it is, is the gun doesn't do anything. The gun is the instrument. No different if it was a rock or a knife. The individual itself had a problem, and there was a breakdown there. And I well, wish we could address that better. Yes, the individual had a problem, and I wish we could address that better as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, is this is MK Ultra? Th- these are MK Ultra techniques being utilized within the social airways. Mm-hmm. When when people you know, when when people out there start talking about. MK Ultra and how these are utilized and oh yeah it's not mind control no that it literally is and that is what's happening right now on our social media channels let's go to the lines John what do you have to say about this hey guys yeah you know this uh, these massacres of these kids <clears throat> and massacres of uh, just a, anybody <clears throat> with this gun violence but you know the thing that never is addressed and when I bring up the topic topic I've talked to uh, people in government, politicians, and they kind of blow me off all the time in that the entertainment industry. When's the last time you saw a movie without dramatic bloodshed and gun violence? And I really believe that maybe, what, 5% of the people in this country have mental, real severe mental problems. They're, I think they're fueled by watching this violence in these movies. It's unbelievable to me. It's, it, and people just blow it off. It's like, oh, no, no, we can't censor, we can't censor. What I have proposed, in fact, I've talked to, I think I talked to uh, Tom DiNapoli one time on a radio show, and I proposed to him that he should boycott investing in the entertainment industry because they promote violence. And course i don't think he did that and I've, I've talked to a number of other politicians uh local congressional uh you know statewide and to me it's a logical thing uh not to censor the entertainment industry but to punish them with boycotts what are your thoughts jim well i mean i, I understand the wisdom behind that but at the same time you know we I get the movie stuff. This is part of the MK Ultra effect. When we know that our own government is putting these individuals in the higher ups of MGM and all these other companies out there who produce the movies and the and the music and the media we see, when we know our government's planting in there and has direct contacts with these guys, the problem is our government is driving this and it won't stop unless you stop feeding the beast, which is the government. And that's our greatest folly. That's what our greatest enemy is, is our own government is doing this purposely inside of the media corporations. You know, ironically, these leftist actors and actresses uh, who are against guns, they're the ones promoting gun violence in these movies. It's unbelievable to me. What a, what a bunch of hypocrites. Absolutely, and that's what causes the imbalances of people because you see the wisdom of saying, well, we need to slow it down or stop it, but then... They make money off doing it and then say, I hate guns. So, I, so nobody knows which side to really land on, so then it becomes a constant struggle of us, and we never really solve the problem. To me, it's just common sense. 
Uh, and I'm not. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this. I don't think the government should be censoring the entertainment industry, but the people like us and the investors. Well, look at some of the investors. They won't invest in the fossil fuels. Well. What's that invest in the entertainment industry if they're promoting violence? And go go that route. Well, well you know, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. We only got. To, by the way, John, thanks for the call. We only got a few minutes left here. Um, when you think about it, yes, the, the, the entertainment industry is to blame for a lot of the perceived violence within our schools but that is only a small portion because what happens is those clips from the movie or that violence that's portrayed on those videos is then propagated through the social media companies it's propagated through all these various different points of information dissemination in the world and that's where the real problem lays is with these algorithms that are meant to do exactly this damage and harm all right guys Jim's going to join you for the next hour. Much love, respect. God bless. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Thank you. There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome, everybody, to the Dark Delight Show, the second hour of your extended lunch here with Jim Price, your host. Thank you guys so much for being here. And again, we have a tragedy in our hands, so let's not make light of it. Let's understand it. Right? Let's, uh, let's take that time to take inside of ourselves and get a better understanding. Now, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out a couple things here. I'm not trying to trivialize or anything. I mean, this is, this is obviously children involved. This is also our country and our psyche involved. And I'm going to point out a couple different things to you. It's at a Christian school. What does that attack? Attacks Christianity. When we talk about the shooter himself being involved in that, we find out the shooter has been uh, has been taken out, or they're not sure if it was self inflicted or a, 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 the second gun who took him out or her out. Again, the situation is still unfolding, and my problem with it is is that when we we have to look at the situation and say, okay, well, it's guns, it's Christianity, it's a school, it's a soft target. And over and over again, we keep seeing this. And now what is it going to cause? We'll have a week and a half to two weeks of debate about guns and gun control, just like we have the whole stabilizer issue with pistols. This pistol was uh, stabilizer was created to help those with a, a, um, a, a, a defect, meaning that they knew that you know, they had a, a, st- a stabilization issue with holding onto a weapon because of an injury, some type of defect they had. And it will somehow make about 40, 10 to 40 million guns in America suddenly completely un- illegal. And what I'm trying to point out to you is I'm bringing the correlation, causation and correlation. I could go back and I, can, I could go back to my – I mean, like I said, I've got 800 hours of me talking on the radio and on my show, The Daily Update and other shows. and Because and, uh, I'm on episode you know, 780-something 
on my own stuff and outside of the other interviews I've done. And I've always gone back to there's one basic inst- uh, incident to this whole thing. We got to get fathers. Fathers raise children. Mothers nurture children. Folks, I went to school with a gun on a gun rack in the back window of the truck. We had a firing range. We used M1 Garands at uh, Tolleson Union High School in Phoenix, Arizona. When I went to school there, it was in Glen. Well, in Tolleson Union High School was in Tolleson, Arizona. I even though I lived in Glendale, Arizona, because of the school district, I went to Tolleson, which was I was bused there. And it was called considered a migrant school. A lot of migrant children lived there, uh, kids that were working in, in a migrant situation. And so we had a we had M1 Garands. It was I was in the Marine ROTC and I was there. We disassembled and assembled and and shot on the firing range right there on school property. And we never had issues like this, but we were also allowed to, you know, handle things. We were allowed to do things differently. There were a lot. There was a lot more engagement. We had men who were men. And we find ourselves in a tough situation. There is no good answer to this because the problem is is that the evil is in the heart and the heart is desperately wicked, and I have no other excuse for it other than that. And I wish that I could go and put some salve on this thing and make this whole thing go back to the way it should be. But the greatest thing I can – the only thing I can sift this whole thing down through, through all – from Jordan Peterson to even you know just your – Armchair quarterback, psychologist, even just your preachers, the different things like that, will say we need to get fathers back in the home and get God back in the home. And and that's a morality issue, right? The, my morality is different than your morality or is different than everybody else's morality, and we all got to figure out what that common ground is. But the sanctity of life is destroyed and the understanding of life is destroyed when we we really look away from what the real problem is and we blame it on a, an inanimate object. If, he, if that kid... That child, whoever that was that went into that school, went in there with a rock, with dynamite, with a stick. Do we cut down all the trees in America? Do we get rid of all the rocks? Do we get rid of all the dynamite? What is it we do? We get And, and by the way, guys, it's, it's everything can be whatever it wants to be. That One of the things that England's having the hardest trouble with right now is they're wanting people to turn in their uh, uh, assault knives. They have, an, uh, they have an assault knife law or ban. And so people can turn in these assault knives into turn-in boxes. Problem is the gangs are going around and breaking into the boxes and taking the knives out of them. So the problem is it's not that you outlaw something. It's not that you, you make it criminalized and you put TV ads up and you put posters up and you're anti-Beretta stickers on everything because that's what that silhouette is, a Beretta. The problem with it is, is that it actually has to do with the heart, and you can't, you cannot law morality into the heart of men. This is a well-known fact. Now you can make it illegal, and then make that in- individual's life difficult, and you can change, you know, their trajectory for a short time until they've served their time and move on. But the sad part of it is, is that we don't even once we put everybody into that same dirty sewage-filled bucket, we expect it all to come out honey on the other side. But you don't do anything to help the men. And the greatest refugees that we have are the people that are coming out of prison every single day of our country. And the America incarcerates – and by the way, guys, it's not that we don't have enough laws because we incarcerate more people by percentages than any other country on earth. So making more gun regulations, more making more uh, examples of gun violence, we're not even addressing the fact that if you take suicide out of gun violence in America, that's suddenly falling down, not tripping – Falling down is more deadly than gun violence in America. 
Oh, yeah. See, that's the sad part of it. We don't really want to talk about gun statistics in the right way. We don't put it in the right light. But you cannot law morality into human beings. That starts in the nurturing stage of the first seven years of your life when you're in the theta brain where you are given examples of cause and effect. If you do this, you will get that. You do that, you will get this. And the problem is, is we don't pay attention to that. We want to say, well, it's the school's not doing enough. The government's not doing enough. We need more laws. And there's nobody, there's no criminal, there's no criminal effect. Nobody right before they go do a drive-by shooting, do they run down to the local ATF and do a gun, you know, a, a, a gun application to make sure that they're able to own a gun before they do their drive-by. That's not what, how it works. Most laws usually only truly affect the legal, the legal people, the everyday citizen that usually binds them and contracts them into something that they're not doing, just like the whole pistol brace does not suddenly make a pistol a rifle. And the sad part of this is we don't want to talk about this because then it, it doesn't make us feel good because we have to do something, Jim. We have to do something. Jim, you're talking nonsense. We have to do something. A law has to be created. Okay, well, how about we make a law that uh, Christian schools are a gun-free zone? Will that make it better? How about we say that all kids don't have, can't have guns? Well, we've already done, we've already limited, we've already crushed the Second Amendment because, by the way, it does not say barrel length, how many freedom fries come out of it, how, how old the person is. In fact, it used to be that uh, in some states it was required, it was required at a certain age to own a weapon and to be able to defend your home. Uh, from domestic and foreign entities. The problem is is that we don't want to have those conversations because we don't want to really talk where the heart of our problem is, is actually in our hearts. The man and the women that you know are out there trying to, quote-unquote, clean these things up after it happens, you know, instead of our government going on and creating crimes on January 6th like they've done, where they, we've now seen over and over again these paid, these paid government officials, we're talking from city, county, state, and the federal government, were involved in the January 6th and making sure to stir up the crowd to get people to go into the building. And then the government bothers to open up the, the building, the most secure facility on earth, opens it up. No different if you were to open up a max security prison system. They opened up the Capitol building let people go in to quote-unquote create a crime. We're worried about creating crimes in that situation. We had people that were trying to get, you know, uh, get people to go kidnap Governor Whitmer to find out that they were all FBI agents working against FBI agents to get these few men to kidnap Governor Whitmer, and it all came out in their case. See, my problem is is that our government is so busy trying to make everything a crime that we actually, with freedom, we will actually have a greater understanding, and creating more crimes and creating more laws doesn't do anything but inhibit those of us that are trying to, to do, it or do, a, do a good job already. Oh, there's a penalty phase, Jim. Well, we've got to make sure the penalty phase is there. Well, I'm going to let you know right now that there is no victim, there is no crime, but yet we have 70 to 80% of our prisons, city, county, state, and the federal government prison systems that are 70 to 80% of those men and women, there is no victim in the crime. There is no individual that was harmed. Yet, we're going to have this conversation, and I know it's a very solemn conversation. It's not one that we want to have because... I'm trying to get you to the honest part of it. Now, I will weep and I will cry for those that have been lost and those that have been injured, and I will always do that. I am the first to have that emotion because I am that guy so many times. And at the same time, I will tell you that I cannot sit there and go after and attack a law or attack legal citizens for someone else's wrongdoing because I'm making more victims out of that crime. 
I'm turning something into something that never should have been. And I don't know why we can't have this honest conversation. I don't know why we can't. Why? Why is it that I feel like I'm the lone ranger? I'm the lone guy out here in the uh, in the field by myself going, listen, guys, it's not that. It's not the pew pew. It's the heart. It's us that we have failed each other. And I guess that's the hardest part is because then we have to bother to look at ourselves and we have to be the difference makers that says, inside of myself, I will be better, and I will make sure the around, those people around me will be better. And yes, I know there are broken people, and there will always be criminals, and there will always be the poor, and there will always be the elderly, and there will always be the young, and we know all the stuff in between, right? We know those things to be constants, and the heart is exceedingly wicked. And why can we, why can we state that in church, in the pulpit? They can pound their fist on the wood pulpit and tell you how you are a sinner, you are a sinner. You are a sinner. By gosh, you are a sinner. And we have laws against those kind of things. And we have, we have ruled. We have set our peace. But we've never really addressed the heart of those men and those women that are out there. And we've never tried to make them better. We always just say, well, the criminal system, throw them away, lock them up, string them up with a cord. That's how we'll do it. That's how we'll make the world understand what a crime really is. We'll make them examples of. Well, what have we made ourselves? When we look at other people and we want them to pay for things that maybe they didn't do. And the problem is, is you're innocent until proven guilty. Well, the problem is we don't want to hear that either. Too much of this is in our heart. Yes, our emotions get the best of us, but don't be those people. I'm Jim Price, the Jim, uh, the Jim Price, the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back here in just a couple minutes. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skin care, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical-free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, 
I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know that first 15 minutes was a little bit deep, and I know I was getting into it, but the problem is is the heart, man, right? I do have Charles on the phone. Charles, you there? Yeah, hey, Jim. Um, I, I got to make this quick because it's starting to rain, so I got to get back to work. Um, mm-hmm. Going going to the, the prison system, um, it, I'm glad you brought that up. I I just visited a, uh, a friend slash employee um, in prison. He gets out uh, mid-year this year. But, uh, mm-hmm. but, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, how the, the system is actually built to literally keep people slaved. Um, yeah. He was explaining to me just in the, this, in the prison system alone, I, I, I'll try to make it really quick. Uh, for the long story short, he was on probation for stealing one time, um, and he got caught in the wintertime stealing again because he had no job. And he, he ended up going to jail for an automatic seven years because he was on probation. And all he did was just right. steal this woman's jewelry, who he mentioned how he gave it back to her. She even, I guess, mentioned to the judge that, uh, seven seven years, way too long for what he did. She didn't feel any danger or whatnot. So, so, so he stuck in there for seven years for petty theft. Um, right. And and the the guards in the system makes it harder for these guys to even want to succeed. Um, yeah. He was just telling me about how if he's not in line for his medication at a certain time, or if he did some one of the guards or looked or said something. The guards would push him out of the line and say, you, you don't get your meds today. Come back yep. tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. and so like, the system isn't set up for these people to succeed. It, it, it's set up to get them to be return customers. Absolutely. Well, it's built for incarceration, not for freedom, right? Yep. And it's not to default to that. It's to, to create more crimes and those kind of things. So, You're absolutely okay, right. Thank you for your time, Jim. I'll talk to you later. You bet, sir. Hey, Charles, thank you so much. Well, guys, that's a direct example of what, it, what we're referring to is that, you know, you guys, you guys all want to – you guys want to talk about refugees. You want to talk about Syrian refugees. You want to talk about Afghani refugees. You want to talk about, you know, getting – we got a bunch of Ukrainian refugees here that we just dumped into our country. We got all these people on the southern border. But I'm telling you right now, there's a bunch of people who have been flushed into the toilet in the sewer system of our society – and then you tell them your expectations of them to come out of this sewer system is to come out smelling like a clean as a rose and not be affected by the sewage that they had to eat and put up with. The subset of culture that is created within our prison system would blow your mind if you even bothered to listen to the stories that are really going on there. And the sad part of it is, is I was sent down that system. I mean, seriously, the guys, I ran for politics and I was ran up the flagpole, and my life was absolutely destroyed. The reason that I have the voice I have now, the passion that I have now, 
is because I'm telling you guys, listen, they are trying to kill you. And I'm not even like I could. You guys know that. You guys know that. You guys know that. Look what they're doing to Trump. Look what they did to Giuliani. Look what they did to General Flynn. I've been on stage with General Flynn. I have been to Mar-a-Lago with uh, President Trump just this time last year. I was in Mar-a-Lago twice on a Tuesday and a Wednesday with Donald Trump. I saw Secret Service there. I was there with him. Now, I'm going to tell you now, right now, guys, yes, I have come a long way to get away from what they tried to do to me. But, guys, that doesn't mean I haven't had my rights taken away. doesn't mean my life wasn't destroyed. And when I was in the system, I had to have an individual stand there and watch me pee right off of my shoulder into a cup because that's what we do to each other. That's the world that we believe makes the world a better place is to create a subset world that allows you to, to humiliate each other that way. And so this individual that I had to see, and I got to pay for the privilege of being on probation. I got to pay for the privilege of peeing into the cup. I got to pay for all these things, court costs and all these other things I didn't know were going to come up, that they had me have pay for out of the blue. And I had no recourse. I could not object because I was in their system. And in fact, they even went as far as to say, listen, you have alcohol in your system. I had to go back and redo a drug and alcohol evaluation and go through the whole process over again. They were going to revoke my probation because they told me I drink. And guys, I don't drink. i just not a drinker. I never have been. Never have been. My mother was a true alcoholic. I saw my, my, my family, what alcohol did to them. And I literally, yeah, I'll have a drink every now and again. If I'm at a social gathering and it's like, oh, yeah, just, and I'll take something, I will literally, it will, you ask anybody who knows me, my drink will be completely iceless. And I'll still have half of it left as I sit there and kind of sip on it throughout the entire evening. A bottle of beer will get hot before I drink the whole thing. But I was accused of having alcohol in my system. And they could have revoked my probation at that exact moment, which would again be hard time, just like he was talking about. The problem is I don't drink. And for them to try to get me with that is absolutely ludicrous. I don't drink. But yet that's what the system was doing to me. And this is what we go around and we say, well, we'll just create more laws. We'll make the sentencing tougher. Oh, we'll do this. We'll do that. Guys, we need to, we need to quit trying to try to get each other. We're, we're too busy trying to get each other when the government's going, sure, we'll do it for you. Sure, we'll make some money off of it. Sure, we'll privatize prisons. Sure, we'll go put prison boats off the shore of our country. We have prison boats that float in international waters, folks. That is an absolute real thing. Don't think it isn't. And why do they need to put you into a prison system where you'll never see the light of day, where your circadian clock never knows what time of day or year it really is because you don't see the light of day? Why is that okay for you? Why are we putting people in cages? Now, I'm going to tell you right now that the person crimes, I have no sympathy for that stuff. But what they did to me and what they've done to your president, what they did to General Flynn. Oh, I've been on stage with General Flynn. I, I've talked to the guy. I've, I've talked to him quite a bit. He's a really nice guy. But think about where I've had to go, what I've had to go through and the fact that the only thing I had left with my, was my voice. And in fact, the day I even got on and announced my radio show was one of the days that they actually went and raided my house when I wasn't home. Knowing I was at the radio station, they destroyed my home again. They swatted me twice. And the guys that were on the SWAT team who came in my house, they're all on a list that says they cannot, be, uh, they cannot testify in open court because they have perjured themselves. But they are still law enforcement officers. They're still policy officers. 
And I know this conversation went to a different direction when we started out where we were, but reality, guys, listen, your government is not helping you. And if you want to get any police chief you want on the phone with me right now, that's fine. Get any sheriff you want to get on the phone, that's fine. Any legislator, why don't you get your governor on the phone and have her defend that to me. Defend it to me that that's what we're okay with doing. See, the problem is is that they all say, well, we want less incarceration, but boy, they sure don't mind spending thirty and $40,000 a year housing criminals on charges where there was no victim, there was no crime. And your Supreme Court has stated that 12 to 13 different times over and over and over again. The state, the city, and the county cannot, and the federal government cannot be the victim of the crime. But yet 70 to 80% of all the cases who ever get convicted are non-victim crimes. We have a greater problem within our country that has nothing to do with what's really the, the laws. It's, it's the heart. How can we go around and tell each other that this is okay? That if I can, if even half of what I'm saying is accurate, let's say half of what Jim Price said is absolutely BS. He's lying to you. Half of what he said is wrong. The other half should terrify you. The other half should terrify you. That this is real. This is the country you live in where we have people that could have these stories, and including the man who's on the radio with you right now, who lived with it for the, since 2016, my life has been destroyed. And I'm standing here still as a survivor saying, listen, we can do better. We can. I'm not blaming the system. I'm blaming myself for not being a better man, that I didn't stand up for others, that I didn't do more for others. I'm blaming myself. I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming me. Because I want to be the difference maker. I want to be the person that says, we're not going to do this on my watch. Not while I'm on this earth. Not till I, not as if I draw my last breath, I want to be fighting for everybody. And that's what we should be doing. That's why I talk about on the show, right? I talk about this all the time. The 10% we do for a neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government, the more you do for them, the less you have to do for you. So learn how to be selfless and not so selfish. There will be a far, far better place. I say that at the end of every one of my shows. And I want you guys to remember that because that's why I get wound up. That's why I get passionate because I've been through the sausage machine and I've somehow put myself back together and I have a voice now and I was never this guy. I took speech therapy because I didn't talk as a kid. I was the kid that ate the government cheese. I, was, I had the powdered milk, man. I know that life. And I was also a defense contractor for 18 years. So how can I be the guy they accuse me of but the guy who wants to set you free all at the same time? Something is wrong here. I think it's in the system. Guys, thank you so much. We've got a commercial break coming up here on Dark Delight. I'm Jim Price, your host. We'll be right back. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back to Dark Delight Show with your host, Jim Price, here on the second hour, your extended lunch. Thank you guys so much for being here. Now, guys, we did have uh, the Mississippi tornado, and uh, this happened on Friday evening, and I would say that, um, you know, I have a personal connection here. And the sad part of this is, is that uh, Angie was a friend of mine I've met here in Tennessee, and with uh she had a she was supposed to have we were gonna have some meetings this uh, weekend but she had to go down because her mother was on the west side of town that was hit first and uh her mother lost her roof and uh roof i say roof roof right 
uh, lost her roof, and the most of the town was absolutely destroyed. Now, the Cajun um, patrol that goes down that that does all the stuff in the hurricanes and all that stuff. Well, they are down there. They are absolutely already involved and. Uh, they didn't get there right away, so there was a lot of just the local people trying to do what they could. Uh, they were having a lot of people, a lot of looky lures, a lot of people trying to already uh, scam people. Scammers were already there. And so i uh, just go through a couple of her things that she was talking about. Uh, there are town folks passing out food until today. Uh, we've not had anyone. It's Monday, so some folks with, uh, with these food businesses are working, I guess. Uh, I have a propane propane get, gr- grill, and I will be getting a bigger one tomorrow when I travel to Olive Branch near Memphis to pick up a load of donations from Dollar General there. Now, the thing is, is that you got to think about this. There's a, these are people from East Tennessee, South Carolina. Uh, they're coming in. North Carolina brought in a big donation already. Um, and the thing is, is that these people are going there and, and putting their, their lives on hold to go help these people in Mississippi. Now, her mother had just just got through having a back injury where she had fallen down and uh, cracked some ribs and was recovering from that. And then uh, there's other people that are having to do other things. Obviously, her mom, though, with this couple cracked ribs, she's in her uh, – what does she say? She's in her – she's, what, 80? I'm trying to think of how old she is. She's not she's – not well, she's not a spring chicken. We'll just – we'll go with that, right? But her mom has not stopped trying to help other people in the area, even though her own house has basically been destroyed. And this is a true test of what it is to be an American and what we do for each other. This is the this is the point of this, is that this is awesome that we're willing to do these things for each other. And the the idea that she, you know, left where she was at in Tennessee to run down there with her mom, obviously she had a personal note with it, but she's been there since Friday evening, and basically uh, showering and personal hygiene is second or third or twelfth on the list of things to do. And uh, guys are out there bucking trees, getting uh, trees to get cut out of the way, getting access to the roads, getting things moved around. Those are the priorities, right? And uh, obviously there was a, there was loss of life there as well. Uh, I think it was a like twelve, if I remember right, that were actually that lost their life in that. And there's actually a video of the local meteorologist saying, you know, Jesus, please help them, and because he knew the devastation of what was going towards that small town. But these are all def- definitions of how great we can be. See, that's what I'm, what I'm wanting to go back to. I want you guys to really look or listen to the, this part of it is that, you know, when we have something like this, we all come together. And, the, you know, it's like, well, how come we're not trying to outlaw a tornado? How come we're not putting federal legislation on tornadoes and high-speed winds? Why aren't we using our DARPA and HARP uh, weather modifications to keep tornadoes from happening when we can actually create tornadoes and hurricanes and uh, um, uh, earthquakes with DARPA and HARP? Why is it that we're not going out of our way to go and stop these things from happening? Do you see the fallacy in which we're working with here? I mean, even the Daily Caller's got an article out says federal regulators acknowledge danger to wildlife caused by offshore wind farms. Guys, our government has the ability to modify the weather. They spray crap in our air over and over again. We know what they're doing. We know about the DARPA stuff. I've been reporting on this stuff for years. I know Josh as well. I know other people as well have been talking about DARPA, D-A-A-R-P. A and uh, this is out there. These are all these are all real articles. These are real things. 
But why is it that an F4 tornado can roll through a small town, wipe it off the map, but yet our government couldn't stop that? But they can create the earthquakes that they've seen in Turkey because that guy didn't want to align with the UN and go into Ukraine? I mean, think about this. This guy's not wanting to align with the one, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. They're not wanting to go into with the UN and to, to Ukraine, not be involved. But here we see this problem. Suddenly they're having large amounts of, of earthquakes. See, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, we're out, we want to outlaw guns because the gun was the tool used. But we don't talk about the first crime that was ever written down in the Bible as the first murder where a rock was used. Well, we didn't outlaw rocks. But we don't want to talk about that, right? But I mean, do you, I, I want to. I'm trying to use this this uh, example of put this in your mind's eye. We have a situation where our government will create hurricanes, will create tornadoes, will create droughts, will create flooding with DARPA, knowingly that this is what they're doing to manipulate the markets, to put pressure on markets, to drop uh, commodities markets down, let people bid against this or that, you know, shorting corn, you know, going long on corn, this or different stuff like that. Guys, when we know that they can start storms and they can stop storms, but when they pick and choose not to, <clears throat> I have a real problem there. That's where I start getting a little bit sideways. My my um, my math doesn't work out for me. I, I wonder why it is okay for them to create things but not stop them. And the loss of life that we had in, in Mississippi is absolutely devastating, um, and uh, the hospital was affected. There has been a lot of people going there to do a lot of things. <clears throat> so like I said, the Cajun the Cajun guys show up, and that's great. But where's our FEMA? Where's our – I mean, guys, you run from a cop. You run from a cop uh, not stopping the stop sign or stopping for a speeding ticket. All of a sudden, there's 15 cop cars and a bear in the air, spike strips and everything else. But there's a tornado in a small town. Where's Buttigieg? Where's uh, I mean I don't know who the guy is in charge of FEMA now, but where I mean I guess Buttigieg wouldn't be the one. It was just the first thing that came to my mind. But where's the government agencies on this? Where's your Where's your potato in chief? You know he he you know he sure ran out there and and got on top of some of those other tragedies. And he went to Ukraine and rode a train for three hours across a war torn country called Ukraine in a 1950s train car and met a man. Uh, getting out of a Toyota 4Runner, your president of your United States got out of a Toyota 4Runner in Ukraine and rode a 1950s train car across a war torn country. But we got people that have been hit by a tornado, and where's the outpour? Where, where's the, where's the National Guard? Where is the, where is the governor of that state? Where is the, where is your representatives? Where's your public servants? And when I'm being told by Angie, and then she's been, you know, keeping me, and I'm on a couple of different text threads with her, with different people, and you know, she's showing the the donations pouring in, but she's not she's not saying anything about. She's like, the government's not here. You know, they we're we're putting trillions of dollars into this government agency when supposedly they have this ability to go in and swoop in and help people, but there's no swooping, and there's no helping, and why? Well, maybe because they're too red there. Maybe they're too they're too conservative. So you conservatives, you got to take care of your own. But if you're a bleeding heart liberal out of some other jurisdiction, well, we're going to show up for you. And that right there, guys, that's the bureaucracy. That's the definition of your government. And I am, I am telling you right now, I am not anti-American. I am anti-big government. And yes, I think the churches and charities should take care of the individuals, and the government should get out of charity 
The government should absolutely get out of all this stuff. So we quit looking to Uncle Sam because they disappoint us every time. The trillions of dollars that they have at their disposal, yet they don't show up for the small guy. Tell you guys, why do we need that? Why are we paying into that system that's not helping us? we got to be the difference makers right now. And this is where we see the local people, just like Angie's saying, with, in her, in their, with the different people that are showing up. The people I met in Mountain City, Tennessee, which is up in the very, very, very pointy corner of the East Tennessee, okay? They're going to drive all the way down. They're leaving. Uh, they're going to leave like, Tuesday or Wednesday. They're getting a group of people to go down Wednesday, and they're going to go down. And uh, a bunch of these guys are loggers, and they're going to go down there and clean up the city and get all the, uh, the trees cleaned up and get everything they can to help everybody get their lives back together. But they're going out of their way, but yet I don't hear any plans about your federal government, and yet you pay how much into that? That's You see where I keep pointing out that we, we, we keep relying on this federalist model that Lincoln put us into. And we don't need to go back to that well. It's poison. And we need to quit feeding it, too. Quit giving it dollars. Quit giving it your attention. Just like me and Josh talked in the first half hour, or first hour, talking about the reason the dollar exists is because, you know, you're used to using it, but you still have faith. You believe in it. That maybe, just maybe, Josh and Jim are just a little bit wrong, and maybe, just maybe, the currency isn't being replaced. And maybe, just maybe, the CBDCs, the central bank digital currency, isn't a real thing. The Fed now isn't a real thing. And maybe, just maybe, things will just will wake up out of this nightmare. And, folks, it's not. This is a government that we have built for ourselves, and we have to pare it back. We have to make it smaller because it has become, it has become too much. And if anything, the Declaration of Independence will teach you is those exact words of why it's become too much. And when it becomes to the end of freedom and liberties, then, then it has become burdensome and it has become too much. And it is our, our, it is our duty. It is our duty to go in there and replace it. It's our duty to pare it back. But we keep saying, well, no, no, we'll just create another agency. We'll create another agency. We'll create another agency. Well, I don't think we need another agency. I think we just need each other. I mean, this is the time. The, the great awakening. Okay, guys, and I'm going to, just before we go to the commercial here, the great awakening is you. You listening to this radio show, you listen to other shows, you listen to Glenn Beck and other people like that are out there trying to tell you all the things that are going wrong. They're telling you those things so you quit believing in Santa Claus. It's not real. Santa Claus isn't real. Uncle Sam is not real. The government is not real. You are reality. You are the difference makers. You are the people that we have to look to. And I look to you guys. You know, if you guys want to start doing things, you guys want to start acting, you want me to show up to rallies, you want me to, to start doing whatever it is, I'll come join you. See how that works? We are the answer. All right, guys, I got a commercial break coming up, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv 
slash Patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash Patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right. Welcome back, everybody. The Dark Delight Show, your host, Jim Price. The second hour of your extended lunch on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I hope that with uh, the rants I've been on today, I don't want you guys to think that I'm against you. I'm, I'm really I'm really trying to make sure you guys get all the ammunition to go out there and be the difference makers. And so here's one of the things that gives you hope, right? So this is from the Daily Caller. It says, many Americans... Um, uh, they want to go for they want they have enthusiasm for religion, patriotism, and having children. Um, this this have been falling for quite a few years, but apparently COVID changed that. Um, this whole thing with COVID being the reason that we all stay away from each other, we don't go to church, we don't have kids. You know the idea that maybe we're we don't we're not going to live forever, right? That's uh. You know, you're not going to live forever, right? So maybe, maybe, just maybe our legacy becomes more important and maybe the government isn't and maybe chasing down the Ferrari or the big McMansions or whatever you want to call them maybe becomes a different priority. And I think a lot of us have done that. That's why these this show is, is what it is. I think this is why my show has been as successful as it has been. And, and I have seen those things is because I'm, I'm giving you guys the answer is in you. And you get to be amazing. You get to you know have your chickens and your rabbits and your goats and your and uh, your you know whatever it is you want to do. You want to have a, a few things around your house, some house plants. You want to stay home and have a fire pit, and you want to watch the flames get go down to embers at night. And that's what you want to do. And that's that's pretty all right. And but this is here. This little poll here. Let's see what it says. Perhaps the toll of our political division, COVID, and the lowest economic uh, confidence in decades. Is having a startling effect on our core values, it says Public Opinion Strategies co-founder uh, Bill, whatever his name is, uh, who helped run an uh, early poll uh, on the issue. And this is all from the Wall Street Journal, but it's talking about things went from 
Oh, I'm trying to really get to this, figure out what it really wants to say here. Compared, let's see, uh, from 39% of the early March poll res, uh, respondents said they view religion as very important compared to 48% in 2019, then roughly 61 And so this is – it shows that there's just been this dramatic stepping up of people saying that religion and patriotism and having kids – are now suddenly the priority. So you went from a 39, 39%, which is – that's pretty low, folks. Wow, that's not good, to actually now they're looking at a, a higher level of that, saying that somewhere in the 61% range is wanting this. And I'm just paraphrasing this article. I'll have to go through and read it a little bit better later. But I've seen it. I do see it. And I think the, the greatest pushback on the globalist, the greatest pushback on any of this stuff – is absolutely having more babies, having more kids, being amazing inside of you. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, Angie, one of the comments, she says, um, please bring cookies. Uh, so <laughs> so people, even in times of tragedy in Mississippi, this was just a text message that was coming through here. Um, anyway, uh, bring cookies. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, but you know, think about that. If we we get back to God and we get back to the you know working on the morality of the heart of men, isn't that then putting the focus on family and then you wanting more family, and realizing that you're not an island, realizing that you're not just some you know oh I can do this all on my own. I don't need the world. I don't need this. I just got I got my HBO. I got my football. I got I got what I need here. But when reality, when you look around and when it gets really lonely, when they tell you to stay home. And then there is no one there, and there is no football games, and there's no basketball games or baseball games, and there's no graduations. And then suddenly you can't go see your folks. I I was limited only to about 10 minutes when I had to say goodbye to Charlie when he was in the hospital because of COVID. I had to suit up in a gown and boots and two pairs of gloves, a mask, a, a goggles, a face shield, and a hairnet. And then another something over there. I look like an alien to go say goodbye to him and his final moments. And folks, right there, that that lets you know that we need each other and we need that to happen. So that's where legacy is coming from. Uh, and so you know, think of it that way. Uh, and so just be the difference makers out there for each other. Reach out to each other. Talk to each other, man. Just quit. Don't don't be a jerk to each other. What does it really get you? And a lot of times we all have the same fears. We're all fighting the same anxieties. We're all fighting the same insecurities. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about our insecurities. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's somebody special out there. So let's just let it happen. So be those difference makers, man. Be those people that says, you know what? This generation, we're going to make a lot of babies. And we're going to make a lot of people with Christian morality so they understand the Constitution of the United States. And we're going to do amazing things for each other, with each other, and do all this stuff to make the world a better place. And that's what this entire this, – that's what this is all about. When I tell you guys over and over again, I talk about that. You know, your future is a reflection of your heart now, making sure your heart's in the right place every day, being better than you were the day before. I'm actually quote on the back of uh, Amelia Love's book. That quote is on the book. She actually quoted that in her book, and it's and it's about it's about getting you to be a better you. And I just happened to tell her that she asked me about my show, and this is well, this is what I say in my show. This is who I am, and uh, I put this out there as often as possible. And I try it in my own life. I've I've tried to take care of my folks that I keep talking about, Marge and Charlie. 
they weren't even they weren't even related to me. They were just some people that my great grandmother knew. And my great grandmother knew his great aunt. And they couldn't have kids, and so they said they would stay would take care of me when my mom wouldn't. And uh, now that they're older and those kind of things, I have put I have spent a lot of money and a lot of my emotion and time trying to help them in their final years. And just in the same way they helped me, I wanted to help them. So when I say, guys, you can do this, you can be the difference makers. You're talking. I'm talking about a kid who ate government cheese, who came from an absolute broken situation, telling you. We can be amazing for each other. If you guys have had a, a two-parent house and you go to grandma and grandpa's, the same old place every time, and, oh, I'm going to go to grandpa's house, oh, I'm going to go to grandma's house, like, oh, i got to feed the horses, thank God you have that because you do have amazing lives, and you really do. And there's a lot of people out there in a heartbeat, including myself, that would trade you for your childhood any old day. I'd, change, I'd trade you in a second. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't this, and I didn't that. Uh, uh-uh. the fact that you have family, until you don't have it, you'll never understand the value of it. I guess, and that's a sad part of it. as a human beings. We kind of get stuck up on those things. So, why don't we all just enjoy the family we have, so that when they are gone, we have the amazing memories that we pass on to others, so that they can know how to pass those on to other people as well. To understand that you guys, you haven't, if you haven't lived in the desert, you know, if you haven't been without water, you don't know how amazing water is, right? Well, understand that your family is amazing and, and, and be mindful of that. Reach out to them. Reach out to your coworkers. Talk to that individual. Say, you know what? How are you doing today? And genuinely mean it and see what the difference is. Because honestly, just giving a crap about each other has more power than anything else you could ever come up with. I, I mean, you talk about magic. To endlessly and joyfully go up and and, and genuinely engage your fellow man will keep people from doing the things like that happened in Tennessee today. And we'll make those times when we do have the tornadoes that we know we could come together and we'll come out and be even stronger on the other side. But we have to be willing to give hope to each other, give each other that power and that that strength to lean on each other. And that means, yeah, sometimes it's going to be crappy. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. But oh well. At least you're going to make the world a better place. <laughs> what does it matter if you're uncomfortable for a few minutes? What if you're embarrassed for a few minutes? What if you don't say the right thing? Oh well, you get E for effort, man. You get to you go. It's okay. You get to go out there and do some things, and that makes it worth it every single time, man. Just a little bit of hope, just a little bit of kindness, could go a long, long way. And I know that we can change the heart of men, but you know Jesus didn't go to the church. He didn't go to the temple. He went to the well. And asked her, how are you? And that's the difference right there. All right, guys. Thank you so much for everything you guys are doing out there. Don't forget to check us out. Dark Delight Show every day, noon. We'll see you guys tomorrow.